This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Lindsey. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, short work week. Not a whole lot going on in the Bengals world, but uh, playoff football. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was very extremely lazy. I watched football Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and that's all I really did. How about you? Yeah, yeah, same, pretty much. <laughs> I told myself going in, I'm like, mm, playoffs are going to be a bomber. They still are. I was bummed that they weren't good games, except for the Rams and the Lions game. Other than that, it was it was pretty it was it wasn't that great to be honest. Yeah, I mean, some surprises for me, but there weren't good games. It was like I thought the other team was gonna pull that pull that out, and then uh, yeah, like I picked the Browns and I picked uh, the Cowboys, and they both got dominated. And I honestly, I enjoyed it. I mean, same. I don't. Fans, yeah, feel bad for some fans that deal with that. You know, like that stinks. But no, nah, man, couldn't happen to a worse organization with what they've done with the Deshaun thing and everything else. But uh, I feel bad for the fans though, because I, I do. I know plenty of Browns fans, and I'm just like, ah, you supported them through all this, and this is the repayment and the fun that you get out of like your best season. I think this was better than the season that they won the AFC. You know, like this felt like more of a team that could compete than the Baker one that won the AFC North to me. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe they it's didn't about win the, the AFC North. They didn't. Oh, they were a wildcard team that year too. Right. They played the Steelers round one that year. Yeah. They were favored going into that game. And I think a lot of people were thinking like, man, that defense, you know, defense wins championships. You know, the, the, they were 
close to pushing for the number one seed in the AFC North. And then to get beat like that is just brutal. Flacco. It's wild what happened to them, honestly, in the last 48 hours, because you can focus on that game. Imagine it being against any other team, but it's against the team that you gave draft picks to. You (laughs) losing that game helps the Texans draft pick in the first round in this NFL draft. You have a rookie deal on C.J. Stroud, who's been really fun, and I think that he can give the Ravens a, a battle in the divisional round. We'll get to that later this week when we do predictions. But you get embarrassed and 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 we kind of felt like i don't know i don't know about you but i kind of felt like the joe flacco run would would end at some point and it it ended pretty badly i mean two pick sixes in two minutes um miles garrett couldn't get you know anything and and not surprising because of the matchup who he was going to be facing on the offensive line for the texans but um yeah i was really surprised with the way that game went in the second half yeah, yeah, because it was okay in the first half, and then it just fell off the rails. Um, yeah, the Cowboys one was more wild to me because they got spanked from the start. They they didn't have a shot in that game. Like it was what twenty one nothing, and they missed an extra point, right? So it was twenty nothing actually. I don't remember exactly, but that was. Ooh. But uh, I guess we have to talk about the Steelers too. Expected. Yeah. Somehow, that was the second closest game of the weekend. There was a chance for them, honestly, in the second half. because if I was Mason to... Rudolph didn't throw that interception at the goal line, mm-hmm. that felt like the difference. To, because you've got guaranteed points there. You're like three yards out. Maybe they go for it. Maybe they kick a field goal. Maybe it, you know, that's how it ends. But instead, you throw an interception. That's just terrible. Because they had a chance to be down maybe 10 points or it just didn't even 16 just felt like, Oh man, that's really tough the entire time. And it put them to the 20 instead. If they just turned it over on downs, the bills would be backed up and maybe they can get a stop and get good field field position. Instead they're at the 20 because of the turnover into the end zone. That sucked for them. Uh, But that game was so much of like, yeah, this is about what I expect. Like I thought the Steelers would keep it, a little closer than some people might think, but they weren't going to win. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers are probably one of the worst teams to go into the AFC playoffs. If you look at the rest of the teams, um, you know, they found a way to get in. They credit to them. They had 10 wins on the season. They beat the Bengals twice when they were facing Jake Browning. Um, but um, for me personally, I don't know. I, I believe that the Bills could be the upset team in the AFC to find a way to make it to the AFC championship game or find the way to, to make it to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to. Obviously, CJ Stroud and the Texans are a really fun team, too. Uh, but the way that the Bills started to play in the second half and I mean, obviously, it's kind of a different week. The game got moved, got played on Monday night because of the snowstorm um, and they looked fine. They did enough to win. But at times I thought, well, even though KC's wide receivers have a lot of drops, they still have a really good defense. And I know Kansas City will be on the road, but as I've mentioned before, Kansas City has played better on the road than they played at home this season. So I don't really know how much that's going to be a factor for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not trying to get too much into next weekend. But for me, when I looked at just kind of how the Bills played, I don't know. I don't know if I'm I'm sold on them being able to, to beat Kansas City. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, it feels, it does feel like 
the I don't know. I, I'm not saying definitive either way. I, mm-hmm. I feel like they have a shot. They're at yeah. home, which is great. This will be the first time the Chiefs are traveling. Although I believe the Chiefs were better on the road this year than they were. At I said, yeah. Were sorry. Prepared. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, you know, like, I, so it, I can't get the last game that they played out of my head. And even though the Bills almost won that game, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you let them come back, kick the field goal, tie the game in 13 seconds, and then couldn't make the stop in overtime. And for some reason, that's just living in my head. But I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I I root for the Bills in this situation. Oh, 100%. I'm a big Bills and Texans fan. I know how a lot of people feel, oh, normalized, maybe rooting for your AFC North team, the solo team that's out there. Not me. Um, I want it to be the Texans and the Bills and the AFC Championship game. That'd be fun. Um, You know, obviously, we'll get to predictions, what that's going to look like later. And you can even look at the Kansas City game versus the Dolphins. I mean, the writing was on the wall for the Miami Dolphins. Um, It just... It, they, they just can't beat a winning – they couldn't beat a winning record or beat a team with a winning record most of the season. Um, and it just was – It's I don't know what you do if you're the Dolphins. I think they have some really hard decisions to make when it comes to Tua. Well, the GM said he wants them long term. And uh, the crazy thing to me was that uh, I guess they're just letting Chris – the uh, Christian Wilkins bet – the GM, I think it was GM said Christian Wilkins bet on himself and now he gets to test free agency. He did a great job or something like that. And I was like, what are a- not upping the offer? That's that's not what you mean? You just mean like, nah, he played himself out of a Dolphin contract. Yeah, that they have some decisions to make, and I just don't know. I mean, you look at the AFC East. I, look, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers will be back. They still have a lot of talent, young team. We'll see what that looks like. But um, it's still the Buffalo Bills division until further notice. Um, I just don't – I don't trust the Miami Dolphins. And now that you look at this divisional round or even just look on the AFC side, I mean, I feel like they're obviously the four best teams. Everybody was a division winner, um, which isn't super surprising. But we'll see what that looks like next weekend. Um, NFC side, I agree with you. The the Cowboys-Packers – um, good for Jordan Love. I mean, goodness, over the last two off seasons, even going into this year, there was so much talk about it was Aaron Rodgers in the front office. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. What's it going to look like for Love? They only had nine wins. They get into the playoffs. And it when it rained, it poured for the Cowboys. And for me personally, with the Dallas Cowboys, I thought that they would lose in the divisional round. I really didn't have much faith for them to go long term, even though that they did have success during regular season. Um, but that game was um, it's kind of wild to think about if you if you look at some of these matchups. I mean, even on the the Rams and Lions side, which was our only good game of the weekend. No surprise, really. Um, because the Rams started to play really good football in the late stretch. They weren't really beating a lot of teams with winning records, but they still were playing good football. And Matthew Stafford is tough. Um, At times it felt like he was playing like the MVP of the league uh, and their rookie wide receiver. And then obviously when you have guys, uh, when you have a running game too, it's been really fun to watch for the Rams. Uh, But the Lions, what did you think about that? 32 years. Happy for him. Happy I was a little disappointed that booed Stafford. It was just like, oh, well, I, I know a playoff is your opponent. You're not going to cheer him. Yeah, but I mean, those boos were vicious. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And anytime there was like a missed throw or anything that Stafford did wrong, it, it was loud. Um, I didn't know that they felt that way. I, I mean, I guess I don't know the whole thing. I know the Bengals fans, if, if you're on the outside, maybe you're confused about how they reacted with Palmer, but the whole Palmer thing was like he threatened to retire. The Bengals wanted him to start. The Lions were, I think, fairly okay with moving on. And yeah. Stafford wanted to 
go somewhere where he could try to win a championship within the next year. And he did what go and win a championship as we know. And uh, the lions were able to rebuild because of that and build up a team and Jared Goff's better than he was in LA for the most part. So I thought it was like one of those rare win-win sure the Rams win more because they want a championship, but it is a win-win trade. It's not like the lions lost that trade instead. Uh, it didn't feel, didn't feel like lions fans felt that way, but I was happy for their fans. I was happy for the team that they were able to pull off because we know 30 plus year playoff win drought. <laughs> I know how that felt when Jermaine Pratt intercepted the ball against the Raiders to seal it. So happy for him. I just uh, wish that they were, I, I was surprised about the whole Stafford situation. That was by far, I mean, doesn't even need to be said obvious thing by far the best game, but I thought that going in and it exceeded my expectations for a game, uh, even though I thought it was going to be a good one. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that Mike Trico um, had the very, very, very similar call for the game. And, and imagine him being on the mic for this when he was on the mic for the Bengals um, playoff drought win. And I thought that was really cool. And just to get two really close games. And I mean, it, there, I know there's plenty of TikToks and videos out there, but, but somebody did the side by side and it's very, very similar. I'm sure Mike Tirico thought to himself, I've heard my Bengals call plenty of times. I'm probably going to do the same thing if the, the lions win. Um, so good for their fans. It's a really long time. And this team could go on a special run. We'll see what it looks like. I've I've compared a couple of the teams in the playoffs to the Cincinnati Bengals 2020-21 run, and it was the Houston Texans. And obviously it's a little bit different because it's a first-time head coach and uh, rookie year for C.J. Stroud. A lot of young guys on their team. Their future is extremely bright. If you're the Jags right now, you look at the AFC South, who I think at one point we thought, oh, that's Jacksonville's division. You have Trevor Lawrence. Now you have a team like the Texans who, who are young. They have the draft picks. Um, a lot of rookie contracts and the future is going to be fun for them and good for them with just kind of how the way things went with Deshaun Watson um, to maybe having their franchise guy and well, not even maybe I, I feel pretty good about it with CJ Stroud. I know it's only it's only his rookie year, but you win the division, um, get a pretty comfortable win against the Browns. Honestly, he pretty much got to sit out the whole second half of that uh, wild card game. If you think about it, you get two pick sixes out there for a little bit. They take him out of the game in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we'll see what it looks like. He'll obviously have a really big test against Baltimore's defense um, on the road with a number one seed, but we'll, we'll see what that looks like next week. Let me ask you this. Any, any other thoughts about the wild card weekend and the teams? I think we covered. Oh, wait. Uh, well, I guess the whole, you know, Jason oh. Kelsey retired. I don't know. Yeah. The He's Eagles, man. Yeah. Eagles got stomped. Uh, I started getting more and more into the idea of the Bucks win, even though that was the one I was the least confident in when I first predicted it. Going three and three, I'm not going to tout that I was I knew everything. Did you did you beat me? I know you picked the Packers. I don't remember if you picked the Texans. Um, I did not pick the Texans. I picked the Browns. Okay. Did we both go three and three? You because you picked the Eagles. I think that was the other difference. Yeah, that was probably the other difference. We probably both went three and three. Nah, usual. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh that was one that was one and three after the first two days. I was like, ooh, this is bad. <laughs> Next week or uh, on Thursday, though, we'll probably have different opinions. We'll see what that looks like. <laughs> I'm right. excited about, I'm excited about the divisional round. I really am. Yeah. I wish the Bengals are playing in it. Um yeah, just but, yeah. Kelsey, Cincinnati legend, yeah. uh, first ballot hall of famer, six time first team all pro. Just crappy game to go out on, but mm -hmm. uh great career and even finished it with, I think it was another all pro this season. So 
he really it's kind of weird that he hit his stride so late in his career like he went from being pretty good solid fine mm-hmm. athletic but needs work and just got better and better and better and better and then his last I think it was eight years he was either a pro bowl or a first team all pro every single year and that's awesome yeah no uh one of the things that stands out for me I mean outside of his amazing careers I always thought if the Bengals ever have a Super Bowl parade I think about Jason Kelsey and just how he's <laughs> He was amazing on that on that parade float. Um, and I'm like, man, that's that's what I want. I want a championship. I want it to be like that in the city. And he fully embraced being a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, just a really amazing career for him. And I'm sure he's going to be landing in a broadcast booth or be on a Sunday show somewhere if he wants to be um, would be huge for a network. Um, I was always kind of hoping at some point maybe he'd be in Cincinnati for maybe, I don't know, maybe a season or so. But they have their guy in Cincinnati right now. I just think it would be pretty cool um, to have him here and, and best of luck to him. But, yeah, really unfortunate game for them. Not really surprised just the way the Eagles started to play the second half of the season. But, man, if you're Philadelphia, you were a play away, probably a call away from winning the Super Bowl to, to first-round exit, to not winning your division, to at one point, um, I think week 11, they were 10-1 and one on the season, and the Bucks were 4-7. and seven. The Eagles won one game over the last whatever. Yeah, it's just that's that. Do you think that is? I, I think you would have to say when you think about some of the collapses of the season. I, I would put the Jags up there pretty high. Jags were the one seed and they didn't even make the playoffs, so that is the biggest one to me. But this is huge. So let me ask you this: We we get past these wild card games, and we I, we both agree Rams Lions was the best one. AFC North, zero and two. All that talk about the AFC North uh, getting into the playoffs. Man, if Baltimore falls, that'll be wild. But we'll see what happens. They're obviously the best team out of all of the, the four AFC teams. Um, if you are if you are watching, you watch those games. And I know the Steelers actually put up a little bit of a fight in the second half and made it a game and had a chance. I do not think officiating was a problem, but there were some questionable calls in that game. Um, would you rather we'll, – we'll focus on the Cleveland Browns game. Would you rather sit at home – wildcard weekend or would you rather be the Cleveland Browns versus the Houston Texans and lose by 31 plus probably sit at home I agree and I never feel that way I always told myself during the stretch of Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis 2011 12 13 14 15 I'm like you know what I'm so glad they keep making it this is great they're winning the division they're making the playoffs but then they would lose the first round and I'm like I don't know and I think that watching that game I kind of thought to myself you know what there was a chance that Jake Browning was going to make the playoffs. I'm kind of glad we're sitting right here. Yeah, and it would have to be a, a, the Bengals situations when I'd rather watch. Like I, I, I'd rather go get blown out in the playoffs than have a losing like finish, especially anything like mm-hmm. four or three wins. Like that's just such a brutal watch all oh, season. Yeah. But yeah. if you're talking about like your team wins nine games, but you're sitting at home at the end of it. Yeah, that's better than watching go out there and just get annihilated and embarrassed on national TV. I've done enough of that, of watching mm-hmm. the Bengals get embarrassed on national TV. I, I don't need to rewatch anymore of that. Yeah, I was kind of, I'm sitting here like, mm, get healthy. You sit at 18 right now in the draft pick. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, that's where I'm at when it comes to wild card weekend. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Now on to divisional round. We'll have more to talk about on the Cincinnati Bengals side when we come back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, talking a little defense, position groups. We've already talked about safety, cornerbacks last week. And you know what? We'll spend the next few weeks, as we're talking about playoffs, talking about position groups for the Cincinnati Bengals. Do think it's all connected when it comes to the defensive line play, but we'll focus on linebackers right now. We've talked about Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt over the season. Um, Kind of felt like they had disappointing years but still feel like it's all a domino effect. It's affected by poor D-line play, poor linebacker play, how it connects to your secondary. What are some of your expectations when you look back on, on how Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt played? We'll focus on them first. So expectations next year or just? Like, do you think this was kind of a mm, just a down year for them? Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um... – I expect them to be better next year. I, I think that's easy to expect. I mean, they both had some of their worst seasons as professionals by metrics, film, whatever you want to use. Uh, they just they got picked on and they didn't have anybody, any help. Up, I can't say they didn't have any help. Outside of Reader and Hill a little bit, they didn't have anybody in front of them helping them out. And they definitely struggled communicating and working with the young secondary. So I think just the continuity will help the secondary and the linebacker play and the coverage aspect of this. But none of that matters if they don't get enough pressure if the D-line play doesn't get better. So provided that I think the Bengals are going are going to overall improve their interior defensive line play from last season, I think that I can expect the linebackers to also play better in this situation. But they were bad last year. I, I don't know what other way to like, they just failed at expectations. That's one of the, if we were doing like the report card for each position group, this, this would be close to an F. I mean, maybe a D I don't know, probably maybe a D maybe I'm too harsh. Maybe my expectations were too high. That would be why it's an F though. It's not just because like, he's like performing at this, we'll call it below average mm-hmm. level over the course of a season and being inconsistent. I just expect them to be – in my mind, they were one of the better linebacker duos in the league, like Tob. I, I thought I thought the Ravens were a better one. I know that was a big discussion just because I think Patrick Queen is near their level and Roquan's above them. But uh, – But uh, I expected them to be on, on par with a lot of these groups. Like I, I would think Tob – 10, 5, somewhere around that range linebacker duo. And they were not that this season. They were a tough-to-watch linebacker duo this season. So I expect it to be better. I, I don't know if you feel as confident about that, but I think it's also dependent on this 
off season and mm-hmm. what happens around them. They are the most dependent position group to me because it's just so much of what happens around them affects them a lot more. That like the D line play affects the back end just in terms like if they're not getting home and runs are getting to them, but not as much as the second level. You know, it's just like. I don't know. And the D-line obviously isn't as affected by the safety group and the corners as much as the linebackers are either. So they're in the middle just being affected by everything around them so much. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, to Jermaine Pratt, I, I remember, you know, going into this offseason or the one last year, obviously got his extension, really thought Jermaine was going to be walking. He was going to go on another team. They were going to bring back Von Bell. That didn't happen. They were able to get Jermaine what well, felt like a really good deal. Same thing for Logan Wilson. When it comes to how much they were on the field, do you think that was a difference maker versus how much we saw Jermaine the year prior? Do you think it was pretty much about the same? They definitely used him less last year than they did this year. But what I'm remembering is that they used like Akeem Davis Gaither and mm-hmm. uh, in that role as third down linebacker. I don't think Pratt was some terrible third down linebacker that that was the reason it wasn't working out. I, I feel like last year, honestly felt like they were using Akeem Davis Gaither so much in that role because they were expecting to do that the next season because they didn't think Pratt would be back. Now when Pratt comes back, it's like, well, I guess he, he can have that role because he's improved enough in coverage that he should probably be on the field whenever they're in nickel and third down. So if they want two linebackers on third down, it should be him. Um, they also don't have Trey Flowers anymore, even if Daxel can do some of that tight end stuff. It's still they don't need to pull a body off of the field to bring in their tight end specialist and keep two safeties out there. They didn't. They still dabbled in the three safety things. I don't think it was too different from the last couple of seasons. But overall, he definitely played more, and I think there was a downturn on some of the dime usage. I don't think it was a huge thing that like the biggest part for the linebackers for me were early downs that was the that's the biggest issue you could think of all the tight ends that kill them they kill them on early downs and they're doing it by attacking these this linebacker group for the most part sometimes the safeties but i was mostly disappointed with them on early downs and not as much on the third down side of things yeah i think it is a akim davis gaither he's probably going to be gone i would think and I, that kind of bums me out, honestly. I, it kind of worries me a little bit, but I also understand that they can't pay Akeem Davis-Gaither right after they've just paid Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and that money can go elsewhere. I feel like as long as Marcus Bailey's healthy, they have a guy that they can just throw in there and he can start. Mm-hmm. Even though Akeem did a great job when he was asked to start. And then Marcus has also done a good job when he's asked to start. That we'll was see. one of their best drafts, honestly. You know, you, you think about everything that happened in the 2020 draft to be able to get a guy like Akeem Davis-Gaither, Logan Wilson, Marcus Bailey. I know there was some criticism when they drafted Marcus Bailey because of dealing with injuries. Um, you get Joe Burrow, you get T. Higgins. Um, it was it was legit, one of their best and, and just a team that had struggled getting linebackers previously. You know, you want to see more out of them, but I do. I, I do think it's going to be a bounce back year. I still think everything is connected and we'll get to the other position group in just a moment, but you get better play on other position groups, defensive line, your secondary, your linebackers. I'm not too down on, on the defense. Uh, Obviously it was a really bad, brutal year for them and and really unfortunate. And yes, it's going to be a difference maker when Jesse 
Jesse Bates and Bond Bell aren't out there, but you have a lot of first year guys or first year guys as starters. And I think that you can kind of credit that to a big learning experience and curve for them. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like to do this, but I still feel like when you didn't have, when you had Joe dealing with his calf injury, when you didn't have Joe Burrow out there, um, that's going to be a difference maker for your defense too. It's just different. You got to be on the field longer. And I know a lot of people don't like that because they think it's an excuse, but I don't know. I just felt like it was from the beginning. There were only a couple games that I really thought all the defense is it's back. This is the defense that we know. Other than that, it was just kind of a pretty down year for them. Yeah, both Pratt and Wilson also missed more tackles than they did last season. Not the most they've ever missed, I don't think, by pro football references charting. But if you were thinking, man, those guys keep like missing tackles, you were probably correct. They mm-hmm. they missed quite a few tackles this season. I mean, there were times when you see a guy go in the end zone and you're like, Who, whose guy was that? And it was pretty easy to be like, oh, it was Logan Wilson's or it was Remains. And that was just really unfortunate because – those guys weren't first-year players out there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I do. I think they'll they'll learn and and not learn, but I think they'll bounce back one into next year. And I still feel like it's BPA for them when it comes to the 18th pick if they stay at 18. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go defensive side again. Um, in Won't this be year. a linebacker, though, at 18. I would no, 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 no. No, I, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I just mean, like, defensive player. I think they could get oh, an yeah. at 18 and – that's going to help you. I still feel like it's all connected and it'll help your defense. It'll help your linebackers. If you, you get more pressure on the quarterback. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but no, if they went linebacker at 18, I would tell everyone they're fired. Um, that would be an absolute, that'd be very disappointing. That would be very, very, very underwhelming. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, we'll move on to the, the defensive line in just a moment on it's always game day in Cincinnati. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Interior D-line, defensive tackles. There's some problems right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. They could be without DJ Reader. I feel like we've talked about that plenty. Both of us would like DJ Reader back. I still feel like they find a way to bring him back. But that is to be determined. When you think of the guys they currently have, when you think of the offseason and free agency, how do the Cincinnati Bengals fix their problem? This is a glaring need to me. I mean, I feel like it's time to probably, if Zach Carter is going to play, it should be like five snaps a game and not being forced on the field for 30 snaps a game or anything like that. And Tupo just doesn't seem like the same guy he's been before. They thought this was a downturn for him. So they don't have, and I think Tupo is currently actually a free agent. I just kind of expect him back because (laughs) – I don't know where he's going. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so if they don't get Reader, the only starting quality guy they have is B.J. Hill. And B.J. Hill's to me, not a nose tackle. I don't think he does a good enough job taking on double teams to play nose tackle. I think he's a good – I think he's a good, solid defensive tackle. I think he does a good job at three technique. He does some stuff extremely well, like penetrating on stunts. But when I'm looking at him, I, I don't think like I slide him over and go grab two gap shooters at three tech is like, I think they will get run over if that's the case. So they need to figure something. Like, I think they, they need, this is the first time that I think we're going to talk. They need new starters. I think safety corner linebacker. Those are the guys, the guys that are on the roster are the ones that will be starting next season. There's gonna be new starters, especially because I currently I don't believe the Bengals are going to pay DJ Reader, which makes me upset, but I'm just trying to be realistic. I will be very happy if they do. But without him, 
you need a you need a nose tackle because this defense the past three four years whatever has thrived with DJ Reader manning the middle and they need that big presence in the middle of their defense they play this three four odd front and a lot of it revolves around having a nose tackle that is a stud so if you're not going to pay reader which just doesn't seem to align with the philosophy of the defense but fine whatever uh he costs too much he's almost 30 whatever excuse they're using you need to find somebody who's good who can do that job i don't think you can just try to bargain bennett and do like what they did for tight end this season or what they did uh, for for safety, maybe you could do something like the safety, like draft a guy early. But I think you have to have a veteran that can play a lot of snaps. I haven't haven't looked at the market to see who's coming out, so I'm gonna Google that real quick. But you talk about that. I think they need like two or three, maybe even think, four new defensive tackles. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, the DJ Reader thing is is hard on all kinds of levels just because of coming off the injury. He's getting older and he's not super old. He can still perform. He's really would be a huge addition to bring back, but they feel a certain way about players getting close to 30. Um, and I, I don't know if he would accept a one-year deal when another team would probably offer him a two-year deal. And would the Cincinnati Bengals offer him a two-year deal? Would he start the season on the IR? You know, we just don't know for that. I think it just needs a makeover. It's not fun, but I've mentioned it before where I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals are dealing with a very soft rebuild and that's okay. And sometimes you've got to do that. Some of these players who played out their rookie contract or other players that you've brought in, they just didn't work out and you let them move on or you're not willing to extend some of those players and you want to do better in some of those position groups. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if free agency, I've said it before, and I know you're looking at some of the guys who are going to be available. If they do, they, they can still spend money. I think a lot of people get scared of the Joe Burrow contract and it really doesn't hit them or hurt them that much in the 2024 season. That's why I think they're going to tag T Higgins. So I think they're going to get the deal done with Jamar Chase and that won't impact their 2024 season. Um, I, I think that, you know, all of these other moves that they can make, you can still spend money in free agency. You have to, if you want to be competitive, not only in the AFC and the NFL in your own division, you look at guys, they all have guys who, who are absolutely terrifying or having very productive years. The Cincinnati Bengals, they've got to do it. And I think you got to do it in free agency. And if that player is available at 18, you'd take him. Yeah. Um, I don't think the nose tackle market is that great. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know what? <laughs> we got to have but another plan B. I, I've peaked. I mean, like, I just know that they're not going to be interested in, like, anybody who's 30-plus. There's a couple guys that you could kind of stop gap with that. I think – Daquan Jones would be like somebody you just throw $6 million at for a season and have him be your nose tackle. But he's 32, so they're probably not going to be interested. Nope. To your tart, they were interested in when he was on waivers. So that might be your move. He's probably the best match for them with what they normally like. He's He is a nose tackle. He played nose tackle for the Titans uh, for a while there. And now he's with Houston. I think he's getting a little bit of run, but he's not getting – crazy amount they just had the waiver priority over them despite Houston making the playoffs and the Bengals not this was a couple weeks ago uh yeah I I think Tiger Tart is the one that makes the most sense I don't know what his projected market is he did just get cut but I also thought he was pretty solid when he played he's going to be 27 next season he's only been in the league for 
three years. Yeah. So he's currently averaging, I guess, $4 million, 4.3. So you're probably going to have to pay that or more. I would think maybe five, maybe something like 315, 318, somewhere in there. And that's how you're going to try to save money on reader, bring in tart, and then try to fill out that room a little bit more. Grover Stewart is also an option, but if you're if you're going to be in the Grover Stewart market, who's a year older than Reader and probably not that cheaper, I don't understand why you wouldn't just keep Reader. Maybe the injury thing would scare them off. Grover Stewart just got busted for PEDs, though. So there's that thing in there, too. I, I If if, the, if they let Reader go and they sign Stewart for like two or one half million dollars less per season, I would be very upset. I would, I would be like, that's a a downgrade that he's a good player. I don't mean to say anything bad about him. He's a good player, but it's a downgrade from reader and he's older. I don't understand this. <laughs> You're not saving that much money. Probably. I mean, maybe they'll get some crazy deal, but I guess tell your tart seems like the guy that, cause I feel like they have to sign somebody. They can't go into the draft. like no nose tackles. I know some people just think defensive tackle, like, ah, just go sign Chris Jones and uh, Christian Wilkins, like well, those, those guys, to. those guys are three techs too. Those, those guys are playing the same position BJ Hill is, and they usually play two of those guys on base downs. And I think they need another three tech that can play high, uh, high amount of snaps, but it's, it's probably not one of those two, first of all. And second, that doesn't fix the nose tackle. Like you're not fixing the reader issue by signing pass rushers, even though they need pass rushers too. So like, that's the whole thing about defensive tackle for them. It's like, they need everything. I know. And at times when I get so excited that if a tight end or right tackle or a wide receiver is there. Well, they need a right tackle, too. (laughs) They do. They do. I still feel like they're in a position when you look at 18 that, you know, obviously you just have to value the player. I don't trust them when it comes to drafting an offensive tackle. But, you know, at some point they have to get their, their draft right when it comes to offensive linemen. You, you have, have to get cheaper at offensive line too, because yeah. they're paying they're paying so much money. Yeah, and people get upset. None of those guys are really maybe Orlando Brown, but even Orlando Brown, none of those guys are making like top of their position money. It's not like they went out and they bought the best left tackle, the best left guard. Well, they didn't buy the left guard, but the best center, the best right guard, and the best right tackle. They're like, go to work, guys. Like that's not what happened. You pay a lot of money for competency. Mm-hmm. Like they've got solid right guard. They've got a solid center that they bought. And that cost them a lot of money. They got a pretty good left tackle that they bought. That cost a heck of a lot of money. So that's the thing is like, if, you, if you're trying to build this team out and people talk so much about like, you can't pay Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Well, I don't think you could pay your left tackle center, right guard and right tackle. Like that costs just as much. And you're not even getting this, like, like out of all those guys, T Higgins is the best player just at his position. I think he's better than any of those players at their position. No, no disrespect to them. I think T Higgins is awesome. So that would be my thought is like, I don't understand how it's like, you can't pay that, but then you can pay four out of your five starting off as a lineman. And some people want to pay another left guard and put him in over Volson too, which I, no, I'm not yeah, crazy right opposed to, but I think also that would mean you have to draft the right tackle. You have to probably like, I don't even know if you could afford to take your tart with that. Like you got to start saving money, cutting some corners to be able to bring in some high quality left guard and move Volson to the bench. Dane Brugler, uh, he has his, uh, I, I want to say his early mock out or what I saw before I jumped on here. And he he does yeah. have the Cincinnati Bengals taking a tackle. So I saw we'll, that. Yeah. The men's we'll, guy with nine career starts. So that would be terrifying. But yeah, none, of this, really none of this sounds encouraging. Um, but uh, on to better days uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think personally, 
I wouldn't, I, I, I could see them saying, you know what, we're not going to do the DJ reader deal. We're going to get two players for the price of what DJ reader would be yeah. cost them. So you get tart for 6 million or say whatever. And then you find like the Texans did a pretty good job finding, was it George Fant? That right yeah. tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could, if you could find that, like, maybe it's Yash Nijimin, uh, somebody that's just like J- Jermaine Illuminor, somebody that costs you I mean, like, I feel like Jermaine two, will be three, two, two, three million dollars, just like a stopgap. You don't even have to start them if you get a right tackle at 18, but you then you don't have to take a right tackle at 18. That feels like a possibility for them. But the idea that they'd go out there and just like, oh, there's a few issues wrong with it, just go sign Trent Brown. It's, I don't know how much that costs. And second, every single year, he seems to come in with like a weight issue or he just didn't show up to camp or whatever. And especially with the Raiders, it's felt like the work at not to question another guy's work ethic, mm-hmm. but they, somebody else did. So I'm just quoting them. that <laughs> They questioned that and how he's not been the best player outside of new England. And if you're talking about the whole, the, the part that loses me a little bit is people talk so much about like they need athletes on this offensive line. Trent Brown's the least athletic offensive lineman in the league. Yeah. Uh, they would have the least athletic offensive tackle duo probably in recent history. I'm just glad I don't work for an NFL front office and I don't have to make <laughs> any of those decisions. Um, I get to guess. And the good news for the Cincinnati Bengals, or at least for us, we really just got to get through January and February because in February they have to start making that franchise tag decision. They have to make a decision on Joe Mixon in March. Uh, or first week in March, they have to make a decision. So all of this stuff is going to slowly get together. But we'll understand where the Cincinnati Bengals are probably heading going into the draft and free agency because I've said it before. There's so much of they still have cap room and and maybe the cap isn't real in the NFL, but the Cincinnati Bengals can spend money this offseason. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. And they were aggressive and they said, you know what? We see that defensive line we're going to spend some money in it. And you bring up really good points on who's available. Uh, so we'll see if they bring a guy like DJ reader back, which I'm still hoping they do. But overall, I feel like we'll get the picture of where they're going with everything in March. And yeah. Yeah. You know, so you also expect a lot of defensive tackle turnover, but well, you think reader might be back. So maybe you just think there's it's, that Carter replacement. Coming? There has to be, you, you, yeah. you, you cannot, I'm sorry, Zach Carter, the, the depth probably, is what you're thinking gets replaced rather than the starting group? I think the depth. Um, I do think, um, and maybe it's it's like a bias, or I feel good that DJ Reader could come back. I just I feel like he's a different player on so many levels. I agree. Just I, you, you, I would be making that case if I was on the Bengals staff. I would be like, bring this guy back. You have to, and you know what? If they're listening to Joe Burrow. As somebody who, you know, and, and as a front office member or anybody, and, and I'm sure Joe Burrow has a lot to say, I'm sure Joe Burrow is telling them this will be a really good guy to bring back. He's fighting hard on the T. Higgins front. Uh, I don't know. You can only fight so many wars. <laughs> he, really? You mentioned the Jesse Bates thing, and that didn't that didn't work. <laughs> but I feel like it's a little bit different. I think I think he definitely would, would have loved Jesse Bates back, obviously. Jesse Bates had an all-pro year. He he had a Pro Bowl year. He was absolutely amazing. Um, and good for Jesse Bates, and he got his back. But I feel like the way Joe was talking about T. Higgins, I really wasn't expecting that much confidence. But he he knows what they're going to do. They're going to yeah. franchise tag him. He didn't say long term. They didn't say anything about long term or, you know, how long that was going to look. But it felt really confident in what Joe was saying that I would be shocked 
if it if he wasn't back for 2024. So do you do you think we could quickly hit edge room? I think the yeah, starters are the same. Yeah. Start, starters are the same. I think it'll be Hubbard and Hendrickson. Um, I think Murphy is the clear third guy. And the fourth guy is where it could be different. I wouldn't be shocked if it's camp sample and they run mm-hmm. him out there as a fourth guy, slash maybe Joseph Osai has a good camp and takes his job back. I would also not be shocked if they I don't think do you think they had somebody in free agency? I don't know. Maybe there's oh, somebody else. I don't there. I think that I think that room is full. Yeah, it feels much more full than the interior room. So I I guess I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little surprised if they add somebody in free agency that's like that guy's gonna take a lot of snaps just yeah. because well, how are you divvying those up at this point? You can never have too many pass rushers. I understand that argument. Um, I, I, the thing I'd be less surprised about would be if it does happen in the draft. And there's been a few people talking about that. I don't know if they would go <sighs> round one feels crazy, just a little crazy to me just because yeah. they just did that. No, I don't, I don't think that they do it. And I saw something right before I jumped on here and we'll, and we'll wrap this up soon. But um, I even saw like, Hey, what if Trey Hendrickson has a little bit of regression that might offer miles Murphy more time on the field. You've got to get Miles Murphy out there. I think that comes from also just Sam Hubbard once again got hurt, played a lot of snaps. It's mm-hmm. like, buddy, just take the snaps down a little bit. Like you have to. As as you're getting older, I know Max Crosby does 100% of snaps and does them all at a high level somehow. No idea how that happens. Yeah. But that's not everybody. And let's yeah. just let's just downturn the snaps a little bit. Like Hendrickson, I felt like I thought he did Maybe it's per game for Hendrickson that he, it felt like he was out there less because I think playing all – I think he played all 17 games this year. Yeah. Uh, that probably increased the total snaps at the end of the year. But per game, it felt like less than what we were used to. And I felt like it helped him. He had his best season as a Cincinnati Bengal. I'm going to go find it's, out just how many snaps. It's so wild to think about that. That um, I want to say it was right before the Ravens game. It was one of the games where Trey was hurt, and he ended up fighting and playing and toughed it out. I, I do think it was that Thursday night football game because um, we thought, oh, they're going to lose Trey for a couple weeks, hyperextension. It happened in the Texans game, like the last play of the game. And he toughed it out. But I agree with you. I think, you know, you look at Sam Hubbard, you look at some other guys in the room and you just say, got to get Miles Murphy out there. Sam Hubbard doesn't have to be out there full time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think their edge room is there's plenty of guys. That's, that's one I'm not even worried about on the defensive side of the ball, to be honest with you. There's, there's Yeah. Trey Anderson played more snaps per game than last season and about the same as the year before. Yeah, <laughs> but it felt like less. I don't know why. It just felt well, maybe it's just a monster. Kind of he was yeah. a monster out there. Well, he there. made the most out of all these steps too. Yeah. So I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah, I think I think Sam, it, it's commendable how much he's out. Like Trey plays sixty eight percent of steps this past mm-hmm. season, and Hubbard I know is above that. At least he was at one point. But um, just checking it now, seventy five, and he was at eighty two and eighty three the year before. It's just. Let's just, let's just take yeah. it down. Take, take it down. Take it down. Take it down. Put, put other guys out there. And, and yeah. you got you to think about your future. You got to rotate it. You got to get your rookie second year player out there. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. But yeah, for the Cincinnati Bengals, the picture will slowly come together. I just feel like we're a couple months away from that. Obviously, we can't, they can really do a whole lot right now. Um, so we'll see what that starts to look like for them on the defensive side. But yeah, it'll be fun to kind of guess where they're going to go at 18. But we have plenty of time for that. We're not even two, we're over two months away before we get there. Um, so we'll, we'll see what that looks like for them. Plenty to chat about on the defensive side. We'll flip to the offensive side. 
position groups and you have a great piece speaking of defense on Dax Hill it is out there fans should check it out quick uh, summary of it uh uh there's an honest look at a season good bad and a little bit about why PFF grading is something you probably shouldn't use as just the end all for looking at a player yeah, 100% agree. Go check it out. All Bengals, Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We'll be back later this week to talk a little more Cincinnati Bengals and a look at the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.